It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 84. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We're now about a week away from the start of the Golden Gopher football season, and it's my pleasure to welcome back for a second straight year four heavy hitters who cover Gopher football extensively and have a pulse on the team and the Big Ten. Our annual Golden Gopher Football Reporters Roundtable includes Randy Johnson from the Minneapolis Star Tribune, Andy Greeter from the St. Paul Pioneer Press, Ryan Burns from GopherIllustrated.com, and Daniel House, the Gopher Guru from GophersGuru.com. It's a great conversation with great insight and great insider info as we approach the August 31st season opener at home against Nebraska. The Gopher Football Reporters Roundtable is episode number 84. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union also is a big sponsor of our Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus is your local credit union throughout the entire state of Minnesota. You can find out more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union has a top-ranked mobile app, so check that out as well. And I'm thrilled that our podcast is doing so well thanks to all of the great loyal listeners like you. Because of that, we have a few new sponsors as this football season gets ready to go. The Go Gopher podcast is now also sponsored by Head Flyer Brewing, located in northeast Minneapolis, right next door to campus, with a great vibe, great craft beer, and much more. We're going to have a live show with them in early October. More news on that to come. And if you haven't been to Head Flyer Brewing, please make a point to do so. Take a flyer. Another new sponsor is Caldera Lab. Great skincare products for men. I'm at that age right now to start worrying about aging and the great research and top-tier ingredients to help make your face and neck area look younger and feel softer are just the ticket for guys like me. And because Caldera Lab loves the Gophers, any Go Gopher podcast listener right now can join me in ordering and getting 20% off by using the code word GOLD, G-O-L-D. Find out more at calderalab.com, C-A-L-D-E-R-A, calderalab.com, and I'll talk more about those great products later in this episode. And as we mentioned, that success and that growth of the podcast has brought on another great and big-time sponsor, our loyal Gopher supporters of the Go Gopher podcast now include Cub. They've jumped on board to support our show, support the Gophers, and continue to help make this a free podcast so there is no subscription or fee. Cub has been a longtime supporter of Gopher Sports, and Cub is the official grocer of the Golden Gophers. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. He can't wait for football to start. And we're podcasting episode 84 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. In fact, do that right now. It's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. In fact, you can go back and listen to last week's episodes. We had two podcasts, one with Gopher women's basketball star Mara Braun and one with Gopher volleyball coach Keegan Cook. There are already two of our biggest hits 
so far. Go back and listen. Still tons of timely info in each as the Gopher women's basketball team is right now on their European tour and the Gopher volleyball team opens the regular season this weekend. This episode, though, we're talking Golden Gopher football. It's our Reporters Roundtable with Daniel House, Ryan Burns, Andy Greeter, and Randy Johnson. Episode 84 is next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. It's episode number 84. It is our second annual Reporters Roundtable. We had this roundtable a year ago, the week before the season started, and we are back with the same foursome of guys to join me, Randy Johnson from the Star Tribune. Randy, good to see you. You too, Mike. And Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press. Hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Ryan Burns from GopherIllustrated.com. Ryan? Hey, Grimmer. And the Gopher Guru from GophersGuru.com, Daniel House. Hello, sir. Mike Grimm, what's up? Here we are. We're ready to go. We're As we record this Tuesday morning, we're uh, about, what, eight or nine days away from the official opening of Gopher football season, which is Thursday, August 31st, the season opener home against Nebraska. And we will uh, dive in to get some of your insights. We might ask you guys to uh, make some predictions as to what you might think will be uh, one of the keys and what teams to beat, and all of those things coming up. But um, let's start with uh, Burnsy. Burnsy, we'll go with you first. And I wanted to ask you just your initial impressions. Um, and I know it's a limited because there's not a lot of open time that you get to watch uh, this team in regard to the fall camp. They, they basically uh, keep it pretty tight. But uh, what's your impression of uh, uh, the limited things you got to see here of this Gopher football team? Well, I'll put the disclaimer on for all of us here on the reporter roundtable. We haven't seen a gopher player tackle another gopher player in probably over four months at this point because that wasn't uh, seen at any of the media practices we were at. But I think my impression is that this gopher team is going to throw a lot more. I know everybody's sick and tired of talking about the passing game, just like a lot of us, I think, are tired of writing about the passing game. But when you throw, it's you in the service academies. It's going to be a topic of discussion. And uh, I think I've said a few different times before this offseason that I think this Gopher team throws more than any other in the Fleck era. And it's going to come down to Ethan, Daniel Jackson, Revan Span Ford, Corey Crooms, among others. But this is going to be a team that if they're going to win seven, eight, nine games this year, it's going to be because of the passing game. And I hope that uh, that P.J. Fleck also realizes that. Andy Greeter, your thoughts on what you saw? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the offense is is a big uh, talking point just to for variety's sake defensively. I think they still have a lot of question marks at the other cornerback spot opposite Justin Wally. It might, sounds like it might be a committee over there. You know, the other linebacker spot sounds like Devin Williams is has impressed and, and might be the starter next to Cody Lindenberg. Uh, I think uh, defensive end might be the deepest position on the roster. Uh, I think we saw that with John Joyner and Jalen Logan Redding and the emergence of, of Anthony Smith. I think it'll be interesting to see what they do on third down packages uh, with those guys uh, to try to create pressure because we know as as much as the offense and the passing game is is the topic on that side of the ball, creating 
consistent pass rush is the main topic on the other side. Yeah, certainly that um, for all of spring ball, that was the main emphasis, no question about it. And now we see that carry over to this fall camp here in the month of August. Randy Johnson, your impressions of the maroon and gold here uh, in the limited time you got to see some of this fall camp. Yeah, the one thing that's kind of stood off for me uh, during camp is just the overall athleticism of the team. It just seems like uh, you know, over the years, it's been slowly ramping up, and you, you could really see that. I, I thought that this camp, uh, it seemed like there's, you know, guys like Anthony Smith, as Andy uh, mentioned, a guy who was, who's really looked like he's he's, he's breaking out in a, in a good way. Um, Cody Lindenberg, a linebacker, very very noticeable. Uh, it just seems like this a team that's gotten bigger and faster. And Daniel House, GophersGuru.com. Wide receiver was the big takeaway coming uh, away from camp, just being able to have so many different skill sets, Ottman Bell working his way back and being able to bring in Spencer and Crooms, who both have different types of skill sets. And then honestly, I know, you know, we talk a lot about the transfers, but Daniel Jackson emerged last year and has made a lot of strides as well. Could potentially turn the corner and find another avenue of his game and Lamecki Brockington. I thought, if I was going to give out like a most improved player game ball on the offense, just looking at the limited sample size that I had at camp, I'd probably give it to Brockington because uh, he's made a lot of strides. But the passing game, being able to do a lot of different things that maybe you couldn't do before. Uh, I mean, Burns talked about it earlier, passing the ball more, but I think it's like, what does that passing look like? Is it more quick game? Is it screens? Is it getting the ball in space? Uh, blending that together to stretch teams vertically and horizontally, which will help the run game. And then on defense, like Andy said, with the pass rush, I thought there's a lot of upside on that side of the ball, versatility and move players around when you get into passing down situations. So uh, the big key is going to be that secondary. How does it come together? I think there's going to be a lot of faces playing games early in the season just to kind of figure out what works. Yeah, I, I think all of what you guys have said is is right on the money. I, I think my impression is, and I think there's going to be, uh, we'll find out if this impression is correct or not, um, but through COVID and injuries and a lot, there were a lot of guys over the the last year and a half on this team um, that had been here for a long time. I think that's kind of an exciting time right now to use a baseball vernacular. I think there were a lot of guys stuck at AAA and they're now going to get their shots here in the big leagues. There just wasn't a spot for them because there were seniors waiting and then the seniors got an extra year and the, as you mentioned, the Anthony Smiths of the world, the Devin Williams of the world, some of these guys uh, offensive line, um, you know, you look at uh, at a Nathan Bow and some of these guys that uh, have had to wait their turn because they, there's not been a spot for him to play. Will J.J. Gaudet finally get his chance? Uh, you know, uh, uh, and there's others. I'm just I don't have a whole list of them, but I think that will be to me. Um, it looks and and Burns, you can speak to this maybe more than I can because he follows it and it's it's his job in terms of the recruiting part. Is that um, where this season ends will be to, will be I think ultimately decided on two things. One, the quarterback. I, I, all the rest of the stuff. Um, if the quarterback uh, plays at a high level, this team's going to be really good. And if he has more growing pains than Gopher fans want to see, then it might not be as good. And I don't know if either would be a huge surprise, right? I mean, you're going into a league that has, uh, and particularly the West, they've got really good defenses. They always have. They've been low-scoring games. And, you know, if a quarterback struggles in 
his first full year as a starter. That shouldn't shock anybody at times. But that said, we've seen him make some throws that there hasn't been a guy around here that's been able to do that with his arm for a while. So to me, that's one of the keys. But two, one of the things, Bernsey, to me, it seems, is that this team now over the course of a number of years through recruiting um, has reached a point now where you have guys coming in for departing players who there's not going to be a drop-off, even if they don't have as much experience, or there won't be as a, a steep of a of a decline. I think that there is more depth behind guys, and we're kind of through that COVID logjam, so to speak, and now these guys are getting the call up, I think. What do you think in terms of that depth? Yeah, I think it's a good point. Again, I've been doing this 12 years now, and I think the defensive end spot is one that I think Andy's right about, where early in, in my time covering this team, it was the Theron Cochran's of the world, yeah. where – Six foot six, a 200 pounds soaking wet coming in. And then you saw that next progression to an Asesio Tamiwu of the world where probably 230 coming in. And now you've seen the Anthony Smiths of the world who he's in. I mean, he's only been here 14 months or so and he's 280 plus pounds. And now they're so much more physically ready than they were five, 10 years ago, say. And that's where, I mean, I would agree with what House has talked about, what the rest of these guys have talked about, and to your point, the depth of this program is getting a lot better. And I think it's getting to the point where that raises your floor significantly. We'll see what it means in terms of having ceiling seasons. But when you can look across and say, you've got young guys in year two or three, whether it's Devin Williams or Anthony Smith, say defensively, and they can be ready to help you sooner than maybe what they were traditionally five, 10 years ago. I think that certainly helps raise the floor of a program. A couple of different topics I'll bounce around to uh, each of you guys individually. It'll just be luck of the draw. Um, we talked about uh, quarterback play. Um, what have you seen now through last year's games, Daniel House, uh, through spring ball? Uh, luckily, the injury in the uh, the bowl game in New York was not a serious one for Ethan and Kelly McManus. And uh, what is your projection for him? Where would you where would you place the expectation level statistically? Uh, you know, throw a few numbers out if if uh, you know if all goes well for this young man. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at what we were able to see during the camp practices, it's just, you know, eighth and taking a huge step in just the comfort of the system where it's like now he's able to, you know, understand exactly what the offense is going to look like working with uh, Greg Harbaugh and Matt Simon. And I, I've been of the opinion, you know, that it's going to take some time early on just to get a feel for, you know, what Big Ten defenses are going to do. That first game is going to be a big challenge in itself, just with all the movement in the 3-3-5 defense and in the defense, understanding the coverages, setting everything up, leading the team. But, you know, based on, you know, what the offense is going to look like, I think it's totally possible to get to that 3,300-yard mark passing, maybe 30 touchdowns. I think the picks could be a little higher at 12 just because there's going to be some moments where he's going to thread the needle and maybe get burned in a sense. But those those throws there'll be some moments where it's like hey tight window throw uh was covered but you know he made something happen there'll be a lot of those explosives as well so i would say transitioning more from uh, staying on schedule offense to being more explosive and multiple and versatile offensively is is what's going to happen just based on what Ethan can do uh, skill set wise. Yeah, and Andy Greeter, last week we heard Justin Wally talk about that there have been some times in practice where he's guarding a, a Daniel Jackson or um, you know a um, Spencer Elijah Spencer somebody, and he feels like it's good coverage, but Ethan 
Hogan's been able to to put it at a spot where the defender can't get it. So that's the good news. If House is right and it's thirty touchdowns and let's say thirteen interceptions, um, can you can will the head coach stomach it? Well, will he allow him to get to thirty three touchdowns while throwing twelve interceptions? I think that's one of the biggest storylines of the season, right? We obviously know PJ to be a run heavy type of head coach. We also know him to be a conservative coach in, in big moments. So is he going to give him the freedom to be able to do that? You know, is, is he going to allow, you know, him to throw some touchdowns, especially early in games and, and still take those chances later in games? Is he willing to do that? Is, uh, is anything going to also create more with his feet? I, I, I think that could be a really good wrinkle for them as well. Right. Not just on the RPO, but, scrambling and, and creating things if, if things break down. I think we saw some moments last year where he showed some athleticism with his feet, but this guy won a hurdle championship uh, in his conference in high school. So he he can he can move uh, with his feet as well. So I think that'll be interesting to see if he, if he can create that way as well. Yeah, I th- I'll make a, a, a bold prediction. I think that there'll be at least two games where Callie McManus will have 75 or more yards rushing. Just you know he'll take it and keep it six six to seven times uh, by design. It won't be it won't be not counting the off schedule plays. And he's going to pop one somewhere, thirty five or forty yard gain, and then he'll get six to ten on the others. And that's big to move the sticks. I mean, we've seen running quarterbacks uh, at this uh, program be an important factor in moving sticks and getting first downs and scoring points. Um, big to me, one of the big talkers, and it's been talked about. Um, I'll use this phrasing the opposite opportunistic schedule right for this gopher team with uh, all of the top 25 teams you've got two playoff teams from a year ago on that schedule one at home one on the road um, you're at Iowa uh, if and you haven't won there if you're Minnesota since 1999 so Randy Johnson how will the schedule play a role in determining the ultimate outcome and destination of this gopher football team oh uh, yeah that's definitely a very tough schedule uh it, it's you know you you uh, have three bowl teams in non-conference play. I think kind of reminds me a little bit, uh, not so much the level that those teams were at, but uh, in 2019, uh, that non-conference schedule was a lot tougher than it uh, made out to be uh, with South Dakota State, Fresno State, and Georgia Southern. It, uh, you know, they scraped by all three games, and that set them up for a really good season, winning those games. Uh, this this one, uh, you, know, you, you look at the trip to North Carolina, uh, they get a Heisman possible candidate there and, and Drake May, the quarterback. It's not going to be an easy one. Uh, their defense can be had, though, so it could be one where you see the Gophers come out slinging. Um, you, you look at uh, – you look at I, I kind of look at Iowa. That's that's going to be a key game. Uh, they got to get by Illinois, too. That's That's been another thorn in their side uh, recently. Um, you got Michigan and Ohio State. Uh you, you, you know, on paper, you look at those as probably a couple losses. Maybe they can sneak one of those out, but it's going to be very, very tough. Yeah, I agree. And I, I you mentioned that non-conference. Uh, Louisiana is, uh, I think, a uh, is kind of a sneaky one. I don't, I haven't dived into their deal yet, but um, they've had a pretty good program. I think they won at Iowa State a few years ago. They, you know, their coaches were at Florida now. The guy that had had been there for a while. So it's not as if I, I think I got the right Louisiana. I know there's a couple of Louisianas there. We'll we'll know more as that gets there. But um, uh, and I'm not trying to set up anything to say. Well, if they lose, we shouldn't be surprised. You don't want to lose that game, but 
I think that's a sneaky, tough game. That's not just a homecoming slam dunk, go out and uh, roll over the opponent and then um, enjoy the evening. So we'll see We'll see when we get there. We'll probably talk more about that uh, during that, that homecoming week later on in the season. Um, so when you factor in the schedule, you factor in a new quarterback, you factor in all this stuff, um, and then you factor in Iowa – has added a quarterback that was an issue last year they were have really and you know I hate to you know pick on people but they basically were held hostage at that position for two years uh winning games solely based on punting and defense and if the punting and defense is still good and if that quarterback from Michigan McNamara comes in he's going to have a factor obviously all the new coaches around the west so Daniel House what uh, what what is your impression of this Big Ten West race uh, when you factor all of those things in new coaches uh, crossover games differing from one favorite to another um, and and new quarterbacks across the league as well yeah, I find the Big Ten West extremely intriguing this year, just not just based off personnel, but scheme as well, because you've got Purdue and Wisconsin running the air raid. How will that work? I was digging into it, and based on my research, it doesn't look like any team north or northeast of St. Louis has tried to run the air raid. So what's going to happen when these teams get in November and it's cold outside and you might have to transition your approach? What What is that going to look like? as the season progresses. But I have my eyes on Illinois. I think Illinois' pass rush uh, is rock solid with Keith Randolph uh, and Johnny Newton, Gabe Ockus, Seth Coleman. Like That front seven has a lot of really good pieces in it. If their secondary can click, that's a team that can win the Big Ten West. If I had to project it right now, I'd say I'd probably give Illinois the edge to win the Big Ten West. Uh, with Minnesota in second, Iowa in third, and Wisconsin in fourth. All right, so you're, you're going to Purdue. Go ahead. Purdue sorry. coming in at five. Purdue coming in at fifth. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting um, um, grouping. I, I like, uh, and if I recall, you and I last year liked Purdue, not necessarily so much that we thought they might be the best team in the division, but their schedule, like Minnesota's a year ago, was fairly favorable, and they were able to take advantage of that and then got a little help on that last weekend to get in there. So so you've got Illinois winning. Um, they like Minnesota, or I should say, as Minnesota did last year, they do not have, right, Illinois does not have Ohio State or Michigan, nor does Iowa. Uh, and Andy Greeter, how does how does you how do you handicap the Big Ten West? Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, it's Iowa's uh, to lose. I have Minnesota second and Wisconsin third. I just feel like, like you said, the the issues that they've had at quarterback feel like they've been addressed, and you kind of come to expect a certain standard with with Phil Parker's defenses. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's Iowa's to lose, and and uh, you know it's it's going to be difficult for the Gophers to go down there. Uh, to Kinnick, I saw a video yesterday of, of Chris Bell talking about the most difficult places to play, and he wasn't shy in saying that Iowa was the was the most difficult, and that's proven true on the field. Randy Johnson, uh, Big Ten West in your eyes. Um, I'm pretty similar to Andy on that one. I, I have uh, I have Iowa first, uh, Gopher second, Wisconsin third, and Illinois fourth. Um, I'll note in there that a lot of times uh, there's some ties and tiebreakers come into play. So, um, you know, am I totally confident of those? No, I'm not. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, it, it's kind of a show thing for the Gophers. Uh, one of these years, if they want to win the West, they need need to be, beat both Wisconsin and Iowa in the same season and, and maybe this time too, uh, Illinois. So it's uh, – it's going to be a tall order, uh, but I, you know, at the top, I think Iowa, with that solidified quarterback position, that helps them out quite a bit. 
I'm, I'm going to say, obviously, Wisconsin's rated higher in the polls. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to work there with the, uh, the air right offense in Madison. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm curious about Wisconsin as well for a number of reasons which we can get into, but we got to get Bernsey's predictions in the Big Ten West first. We're all waiting yeah. to hear what Bernsey has to think. Yeah. Uh, to, to House's earlier point about the air raid in the, in the Big Ten West now, I think it's worth noting that when Minnesota plays Purdue and Wisconsin, it's in mid and then late November. So if there is some weather either in West Lafayette or here in the Twin Cities mm-hmm. over that Thanksgiving weekend, I'm curious to see, can Wisconsin and Phil Longo and Tanner Mordecai, can they all try and lean on Braylon Allen, who historically has not really had a lot of success going against the Joe Rossi defense? Now, I won't go as far as, as saying Illinois is the favorite in the West, like House. I do like Illinois for all the reasons that they mentioned. But I would say Iowa. I would go Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois. But to me, it's just a glut of four. I mean, I think all four of those teams win somewhere between seven and nine games. I, have a, I think all of us have a tough time kind of putting Wisconsin on top for for different reasons. But mine is Big Ten West coaches in year one historically have not been very good. Now, Wisconsin may be an anomaly. Luke Fickle, I think we all agree, is a great coach. But a team like Wisconsin, so just a Big Ten West team, hasn't won more than eight games in a season in the year one of a West Coast, or, or excuse me, a West coach since Paul Chris did it in 2015. So it's been eight years. Now, I'm not saying that they can't do it with that schedule and the transfers they brought in, but I think there's a lot of questions that we all have about Wisconsin defensively. And to me, with this Minnesota team and how they end up finishing one through four, I mean, Randy talked about it. You got Wisconsin, you got Michigan and, and Ohio State, who you're going to be double-digit underdogs to. Well, do you finally get over the hump against Iowa and Iowa City after you've done everything but win the game, essentially, three of the last four years? You've beaten Wisconsin the last two years, which is great, but you can't figure out a way to beat Brett Bielema yet, who's still undefeated against Minnesota. You've got a team like Purdue that has given you recent problems here. There's just so many games, or even North Carolina, where Minnesota wins that game in Chapel Hill, it's going to be 34 to 31 probably. There's just so many games on the schedule where it's a coin flip, and it comes down to how many of these coin flip games like Iowa, Wisconsin, North Carolina, uh, Illinois, among others, do you have Minnesota coming up heads or do you have them coming up tails? Yeah. So that's our one through four in the West I think is going to be awfully close. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. I think that there um, is a grouping of teams that if any of that foursome that you mentioned won the West, I would not be stunned. And I think it comes for me into the schedule, simply the schedule, because there, uh, I think you could argue there's a two-game gap between one of those teams and, and, and another in Minnesota and Iowa. Um, and and if Iowa, if Minnesota is to win the West, I don't see any path they can do it without winning in Iowa City. So that becomes, to me, maybe the most important game on the schedule. Um, you could even lose to both Michigan and Ohio State and win the West if you can win in Iowa City. So to me, that's got to be the pathway for Minnesota. But it's hard um, to to think that that can happen. Uh, that that all all of the other stuff can happen, and and Iowa at some point is going to stub their toe enough against the Purdue's and the Rutgers and the Northwesterns of the world because they did get a big break in terms of the crossover schedule. They do have the whiteout game at Penn State that will offset something. But Iowa's played Penn State pretty well over the years. They have won uh, at uh, Happy Valley. Valley often and you know they pulled that big upset a couple of years ago which got them into the West Championship game and or a season where they won the West where they upset 
at that time, I think Penn State was ranked in the top five in Iowa City two or three years ago. I'm getting my years mixed up. But anyway, that, it, it, uh, that, that to me is a big deal. That's a two, almost two-and-a-half game gap. And Wisconsin's schedule is pretty cupcake as well. They've got Ohio State at home and then a bunch of easy crossovers. Um, they're at Washington State, but that won't have any impact on the Big Ten West. So to me, the question with Wisconsin is um, when you have a new coach, as Burns, you mentioned, um, and we've seen that even here at Minnesota, there it takes a minute to adjust. It's a new culture. And then when you factor in, not only is it a new coach, but it's a new whole system. I mean, this is something different. And you're bringing in, did they bring in, what, 15 or so transfers, Bernsey, something like that? So to get all that going on the same page, and, and look, I think Fickle, I agree, good hire, great coach. Um, and and down the road, I think they're going to be a factor. I just don't know if I see it here in 2023. Uh, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I just think there'll be enough clashing, and not malicious clashing, just guys that aren't used to this, and this is a new system, and you know, I'm, I'm used to run blocking and now we're pass blocking and you know Braylon Allen's going when am I going to get mine uh you know so I think there's a lot of questions there for them to overcome all that even with a, a pretty charming soft schedule that the Badgers have I think well, well I think the big difference this year between Iowa and Wisconsin is yes they both have schedules that are very conducive to winning the West which is why they're the two prohibitive favorites but to me it comes down to they're playing the trenches I think Iowa's going to be improved on their offensive line and they've obviously always seemingly have a front uh, or a really good front seven. That's my question for Wisconsin. There isn't necessarily offensively, it's defensively. You lose Jim Leonard, who I think was one of the best defensive coordinators in the Big Ten, if not college football. You lose Keanu Benton, who I think Andy and Randy will never forget like I do. PJ walking into that press conference after they win last year and Fleck essentially saying, yeah, Keanu Benton decided to show up today. And he didn't do that the other 11 games. So we figured out pretty quickly we couldn't run the ball, <laughs> and he ended up being a top 100 draft pick. They also obviously lost Nick Herbig, who's doing very well in the preseason here uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's going to be – when I don't, I don't think any of us are saying Wisconsin's going to miss a bowl game. I, think still, I still think Wisconsin wins seven, eight, nine games potentially. Yep. But it's going to be – this Wisconsin team is going to be winning games likely differently – than what many people around the country remember, or even Wisconsin fans, where they win 20 to 10. I think if Wisconsin's winning football games this year, it's 28-24 because I have my questions defensively with them. And I also have questions like House does, where how does Phil Longo's system translate to cold weather games when they have to come to Huntington Bank Stadium? And, and what if it is? I mean, we've all covered those games where it's been 20, 30, even colder than that. Yeah, you can lean on Braylon Allen usually, but I think we all have also seen that what does Braylon Allen look like in game 12? Because historically, the last couple of seasons, he's either missed the game with injuries or he's been banged up a little bit or Minnesota's made him banged up. So I think Wisconsin's going to be a good football team. I don't. I think we all agree on that, but it's going to be that's why I think we all like Iowa and Illinois a little bit better is yeah. it's on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I agree. The other the other angle on Wisconsin to me is, and they've done this a lot in both football and basketball, where it's a season and you're like, boy, they're losing a lot. And you rip off a whole bunch of names and they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. And then they end up replacing them with 
really good players. I think the difference for this one specific year, I'm not saying it'll be this way down the road, but this one specific year is, one, they weren't very good last year. So it isn't like, hey, this is a 10-2 and two team and they just got a few guys to replace. This is a 6-6 six and six, six team from a year ago in the regular season that wasn't that great. And two, um, they're losing some guys off that team and now they're they don't have it, it's not the same system. They're, they're, it's a whole new deal, and so uh, there's a reason that there's a new coach there. That they, they they weren't that good last year, so I I think that will be an interesting angle on on where the Badgers head. But I I think they'll be saved a little bit, like Bernsey said. They'll get to a bowl game. They'll be fine. Uh, they're going to be good. Um, but I, I don't I don't know yet if I can put I, I can't put them yet on, on top of the stack in the West. So that's our look at the Big Ten West. We will check the Big Ten East in a second. Right now, though, as football season approaches, maybe some of you Golden Gopher fans are wondering where to hang out before or after the Gopher football games, or during a road game where to go watch the games. Well, Head Flyer Brewing is just a mile and a half from the Gopher football stadium and has an incredible vibe that you'll love. It's in Northeast Minneapolis. Out outdoor seating, a cool patio, a giant cribbage board, big TVs, including a monster projection TV. It's an awesome spot to stop before or after games for home games. And for road games, go watch the games. The beer is phenomenal. I like the no funny stuff beer, but that's just one of many. IPAs, hazy IPAs, other cool beers like Strawberry Whip, which I also love. Check out Head Flyer Brewing. Stop out and see the great folks there in person. They'll treat you right for sure. Open weekdays at 1, weekends at noon. Neil, Amy, Nate, and Austin opened Head Flyer Brewing back in April 2017. It's been going strong ever since. Through hard work and great beer, they've created a destination place to enjoy with your friends. Take a flyer, Head Flyer Brewing, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Glad to have them with us on the go go for podcast hi go for fans switching is easy we do it all the time we switch on lights we switch tv channels we switch on the tv and with the new transfer portal some college students even switch colleges which can seem crazy to us diehard fans but what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with state farm in fact my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today my team is ready to welcome you to the state farm neighborhood and show you it is in fact easy to switch and save when you want the real deal check us out at champ insurance.com like a good neighbor state farm is there Episode 84 rolls on the Reporters Roundtable, our Golden Gopher football preview. I'm Mike Grimm on the Go Gopher podcast. We have with us Randy Johnson, Andy Greeter, Ryan Burns, and Daniel House. Let's talk about the East quick. And obviously the East um, has been over the years, the you know, the uh, two main powers plus Penn State gets thrown in there, um, you know, occasionally. Michigan obviously has created, um, uh, you know, this division to be maybe. The- yeah, I'm, I'm going a little bit against the grain here. I've got Ohio State winning it uh, I, I just feel I don't I don't think they're gonna be denied after two years in a row losing to Michigan I think they have enough yeah they'll be they start a new quarterback they're still determined that I just think they have enough weapons where they'll be able to get past Michigan this year um, got Michigan second got Penn State third uh, sneaky team in fourth is Maryland uh, you know if they can pull an upset they, you know, they, they obviously got some really good offensive weapons uh, including their quarterback uh, and then uh, Michigan State, uh, Rutgers, and Indiana. Yeah. All right, Andy, what do you have? I, uh, I've got Michigan uh, for a three-peat. I saw Jim Nagy, who's the executive director of the Senior Bowl, in an interview yesterday, and he was talking about the 
draft grades for Wolverines, and he listed their entire starting lineup pretty much. <laughs> Seriously, so, everybody. Well, they have recruited. There's no doubt yeah, they've it was, recruited. It was, not, it was not, you know, and that's the offense. And he lists, like, literally every single guy. And then he went to the defense and did the same thing. Uh, the talent they have, uh, Ohio State's issue of who's going to start a quarterback. I just feel like the Wolverines will get it done for three years in a row. And then I think, you know, Penn State, I think there's there's buzz on them. I don't know if they can jump over Ohio State, but I think they they feel very highly of, of what they have and then kind of to form with what Randy said with the with the rest of the East. Bernsey? I know that you and I disagree on this because we already have a gentleman's bet about who wins the East, but I've got Michigan as well. Okay. Uh, to Andy's point, I saw all those same things, and I think this is going to be Jim Harbaugh's best team. I think he's potentially going to have double-digit players drafted to Andy's also point in this next NFL draft. And I also wonder if Jim Harbaugh's here at next season with the NCAA investigation going on and maybe him just cashing in his chips to finally get to the NFL. I got Michigan, then I go Penn State. I, I think they've got a really good offensive line. they got the best offensive linemen in college football. They've got some of the best pass rushers in college football. I think this is the year they finally get over the hump against Ohio State. Uh, I mean, you look at last year, I think people forget that Penn State won, I think, 11 games last year by an average of like 25 points per game. They kicked the crap out of everybody not named Ohio State or Michigan. And I just think that Ohio State's got some things to figure out. They'll still be a good top 15 team, but I just don't think they're in that college football playoff conversation. I got Ohio State third, Maryland fourth. I think Maryland's a team that probably wins eight games this year, which good for Mike Loxley. And then... I, I don't see Indiana making it out of the. I think Indiana is going to have a brand new coach by the end of uh, by the end of October. I'll say is uh, I don't know that Tom Allen will be there much longer. So Michigan State somewhere on a bowl game, and then uh, Minnesota East, aka Rutgers, which has got Minnesota's two former coordinators and Joe Harris Simiak and now Kirk Shiraka, probably somewhere on that four or five win mark as well. Yeah. All right, okay, House, what do you got? Greg Schiano said it was his best staff ever. He yeah. said that at big yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, House, what do you have? Uh, I've taken Michigan as well. The offensive line is so good. I, I look at them up front on both sides of the ball, especially on the defensive side as well, the versatility and size they have. They can mix and match. Uh, the, the, the type of rotation that they'll have on their defensive line is going to make them really fun to watch, and those two backs – uh, Donovan Edwards and Blake Corm. That one-two punch is going to be dynamic. So I, I like Michigan just based off their talent and their, their style of play. And then I got Penn State, who I think you know up front as well. Like that, the Michigan Penn State game is going to be one of the best to watch all season because those two teams have so much NFL talent. And I think it's going to come down to those two. Ohio State, I have questions at tackle. Uh, the, I think they need to get a little better on defense at limiting explosives. Uh, that's going to be the next step. Ryan Day's even mentioned that quite a bit uh, this offseason. And then I probably go Maryland, Michigan State, Rutgers, and then I got Indiana last in the in the Big Ten East. Yeah, it's going to be so tough. That's kind of how I see it shaking out. Yeah, I think it'll be tough sledding for Indiana as well. I do have Ohio State to win it. I think they'll be in the playoffs again. I just think there's just too much. Uh, firepower. It doesn't matter who's playing tackle. House, you could play tackle, and they're going to run through that schedule. Okay, that, that, that's how much that's how much talent they've got. Uh, Michigan is good. They could both make the playoffs again. They absolutely could both make the playoffs. One with a one loss uh, record, and the other will be 
undefeated. Uh, Penn State, the quarterback, I know was highly recru- recruited, um, but man, he's in a pressure cooker now. He's going to have to show me something before I'm going to put them above either Michigan or Ohio State at this point. Um, the limited things uh, I saw from him in that blowout win against Minnesota last year, he didn't look that great. But uh, you know, you can't judge on like seven plays. But um, he, he he looked ordinary to me. So we'll see. Maybe he'll be the next coming to Joe Montana, and they'll win it all. I don't know. But I've got Ohio State, then Michigan, then Penn State, and then uh, you know, co- toss a coin for the rest of that group of uh, Big Ten East teams. All right, give me a second here, gentlemen. We all know first impressions matter, and those first impressions can be harder as we get older. I'm kind of getting to that age right now, about to turn 53. And hoping father time doesn't catch up with me. As you've heard me talk now for a few weeks on our Go Gopher podcast, new sponsor Caldera Lab is a leader in the men's skincare game. Clinical trials, research, top tier ingredients, a program that works. I've been using the products on my face and around my neck now for about a month, and I do see a difference. I'm using what they call the regimen, a twice daily routine to help my skin, especially around my face and neck, look young. The regimen includes three products the clean slate to start and end your day refreshing and cleaning your skin in a unique way. Then the base layer to moisturize your face and neck and start your day with confidence. And finally, the good, a nighttime serum that helps smooth the skin through more than 3 million antioxidant units to protect. Go Go for podcast listeners can save 20% when you use the code word GOLD, G-O-L-D, while ordering at calderalab.com. That's promo code GOLD at calderalab.com. This is their best offer available anywhere. And it's for you, Gopher fans, as part of our Caldera Lab partnership with the Go Gopher podcast. Promo code GOLD, G-O-L-D, at calderalab.com. All right, let's go a little, uh, uh, we'll go some uh, bonus coverage here in regard to uh, some some uh, fast play here. Just a quick uh, Cliff Notes type answers. Uh, most important Gopher player for the 2023 season, and we'll start with Andy Greeter. Well, since I'm going first, I'm going to go with the most obvious one, Athean Calic Manis. You know, there you go. Everyone else has to try to either find something else to say or, or piggyback on me. I mean, I'm, that's just the luck of the draw, right? Is this a snake draft? Am I going to have to wait? <laughs> yeah, sweet 1-1 one, one pick, <laughs> Andy. Thanks. Yeah, I got the sixth pick or Did, later on. And you and seven, as you mentioned, it's a snake pick, so you get six yeah. and seven coming back. No. Uh, all right, so the quarterback goes to Greeter. If you want to go with quarterback, I mean, we have to stay true to the question, most important player for the Gophers in 2023, Randy Johnson. Uh, I'm well, since Andy took one, I'm going to take one A. I'm going to go Sean Tyler at running back. Uh, I'm really curious to see what what he's going to look like. Uh, you know, very dynamic player for for Western Michigan, and as we know, PJ likes to run the football, and um, somebody's going to get get those carries. And I think looks it looks like he'll be the first crack, get the first crack at it. And I'm I'm curious to see what he can do out of the backfield as a pass catcher too. House. I'm going with Kyler Baugh. I need to be able to play the run well, defeat blocks, push the pocket. I thought Flash last year got better. I want to see what he can do with uh, Winston and and if he can take the next step in his game. And Burnsy. Ah, that's such a house pick is Kyler Baugh. Yeah. Uh, I'll take arguably the best player overall right now on this team, and that's Tyler Newbin. There's so much change around him in that secondary with Darius Green getting now reps, uh, Jack Henderson, brand-new corner two out there. I think if Tyler Newbin is as good as we think he is, potentially a 2019 Antoine Winfield type of season coming up, 
I think that's going to to change a, a couple games for Minnesota in their favor. Yeah, I, I love the kid too. Just just a, a great leader, good player as well, uh, future NFL guy. Um, if I, I had to pick, I, I would go with with Kelly McManus as well. I'm in with Greeter. I, I I'm going to stay true to the question. I think it's him easily. I think you know you know I'm not going out on a big limb there. Um, I think if if he and the coaching staff can get him to play toward his ceiling, and and the faster they can get that. Done, Done the better. Um, then the rest of what we've talked about, all of it. Uh, you know, who's the other corner? Who's the other linebacker? Who's the other safety? Who's the left guard? If Calic Manis can hit his ceiling or close to it, and the coaching staff can get him throwing on time, on target, reading defenses, making the right reads, um, the rest of it, if he just gets to that point, he's that talented. Um, the question is, can they get there in a, as a first-year starter? And if they do, um, then that uh, will show why he is the most important player for 23. How about positional group, most important positional group for this team to be good? Ryan Burns. Uh, I will take Daniel House's bread and butter, and I will say the offensive line. Offensive I think line. we all still have a lot of questions about who's starting, not named Quinn Carroll, not named Ariante Ursary, probably Nathan Bow. But the offensive line has just been so consistent the last few years, and you saw it last year where they could just lean on that and Mo Ibrahim. Well, they're going to be old up front. I think every projected starter is at least a fourth-year player, so of the legal drinking age. But they're going to be inexperienced, and it's going to be, can they protect Ethan Kaliak-Manis? Can they allow Sean Tyler and these running backs to find some consistent holes? But I think it comes down to with how many good front sevens that you're going to face, such as Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, Iowa, can they create space up front for the running backs, and can they protect their off- or protect their their quarterback. So I'm going to say the offensive line. All right. Very good. Randy Johnson. You know, I'm going to go a little bit uh, against the grain here and say uh, the kicking game, kicking bunny game. Um, I, I think there's just uh, the, they are uh, replacing uh, Matthew Trickett with Dragon Kesich. Um, you know, he hasn't had the most experience, so we'll see how, how he does. There's a lot of points to be had. Uh, and I, I, I foresee a lot of close games, and I think the kicking game is going to be pretty important. The return game also, uh, you know, they showed flashes last year with Quentin Redding back there on, on the return. So um, looking at that as, as uh, a, a pretty a pretty decent-sized key to the, to, to the team this year. Yeah, sneaky pick, too. And Kessich, I like. He uh, won awesome. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to really do any interviews with him yet, but just an incredible, entertaining kid. Uh, but, two, his leg is big. And if he's good, in other words, it's one thing to kick it a long ways, but if he's good, where he's you know hitting it between the uprights on a consistent basis, the change in – and what that can mean for a game when you hit the 30-yard line and you know you're feeling good about some points. That hasn't always been the case here. Um, that, that, that changes the complexion of, of, of offense and play calling and, and everything else. So I think that's a, that's a pretty good pick, Randy Johnson. All right, uh, Greeter, have we heard from you yet on most important positional group? I'm getting old. I can't remember who I just asked the question to. <laughs> no, but, I mean, we're, we're out of the draft order. How should have gone after after Burns? But, yeah, we'll, I'll pick up the slack here and, okay. and go. Um I'll go defensive line. Obviously, there's turnover uh, at that at that position group, but they've got depth, especially at the edge spot, like we talked about earlier. Um, obviously, they need to create pressures. We talked about some of the issues in the secondary. If they're able to do so, that kind of takes the load off some of those question marks in the back end. All right, so House, I guess I drafted you. I, 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 uh, you, you forfeited your last pick. You pulled the Vikings, uh, missed the pick, and now here you go. <laughs> 
I would go with the secondary and the passers can compensate for that if indeed that takes a huge step forward. But, you know, it's that spot opposite Wally. All those guys, I think, are going to get run early on to figure out you know, exactly what it looks like. They brought Trayvon Jones in. Tyreek Watson is obviously a very, very good athlete. And that certainly jumps out when you're at the practices. He got a lot of reps. So Jones and him and then Tyler Bride fitting into the picture, maybe I'm uh, kicking into the nickel and passing downs like they have some options, but how does all that come together? And you got to stay healthy in that position group. You get one big injury there. That's the position where I feel like, you know, you got to have a lot of stability and you're just kind of wondering who's going to step up and, and kind of take the role. All right, there they are. There's the uh, the, the positional groups. I, I, let me real quickly mention our sponsor, Affinity Plus, is your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. As a current Gopher student or proud Gopher alum, you're eligible to join a financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. Meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide, including right off campus in Minneapolis. To learn more or find another way to connect, visit affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA, and uh, we're thrilled to have them on for another season on the Go Go for Podcast. All right, Andy Greeter's got to get to soccer, so we got to really go speed round here. He's going to uh, to the uh, United practice this afternoon as they continue their season. So let's do this. Let's just go through. I just want the player's name, no explanation, and we're going to go through a couple of these. Breakout player for 2023, and let's go to uh, House. Jalen Logan Redding. Greeter. Elijah Spencer. Burns. Daniel Jackson. Johnson. Anthony Smith. Yeah, you stole mine, Randy. I was going uh, Anthony Smith as well. I love that kid. Uh, he was a guy that was stuck at AAA last year, just guys ahead of him that were older, and he's going to get his chance as well. Most important game for Minnesota on the schedule this season. Randy? Iowa. Burnsy? Iowa. Greeter? Uh, to mix it up, North Carolina. Okay. And House? I feel like Brian B. Laga, Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> I'm going Iowa as well. For this season to be a success, what has to happen record-wise or something else? House? Puzzle pieces all have to fit together, as cliche as it sounds. New coordinator vision, new personnel in the secondary, brand-new quarterback, lost some key leadership, but many of those young players are ready to ascend. How does it all fit together? Greeter? Uh, PJ's approach can't be ultra conservative and run the last. All right. Burns? You got to at least have a trophy in the case at the end of the year between Michigan, Iowa, and Wisconsin. All right. And Randy Johnson? I'm going to one up there, and I think you need a couple trophies. And um, I, I think you need to beat Wisconsin and Iowa this year. Beat them both. And what's a number? What uh, What is the over-under? I don't even know. I'm not a betting man. But what number, uh, where does it have to be where you think that uh, it, it, it's the right number? Randy, win total. You know, I'm going to go eight and four regular season. All right, Bernsey. I don't know that there's a right number. I think the Vegas total has them. It was six and a half, seven, seven and a half, somewhere around there. I think that's a fair number. I mean, if it's a good season, a quote unquote good season, it's eight and four. Yeah. All right. Greeter. Yeah. I think eight's the magic number. Yeah. House. I think it's eight and the start of the season will be really important. If they end up four and one out of those first five, they're going to be in really good position heading into the second half. Yeah, I, I agree. I think eight's the number two. And if you get seven's okay, 
seven. If you if you end up seven and five, it's not just a tremendously horrible step back. Given you have a new quarterback and there's you know it's a tougher, way tougher schedule. In fact, I think you could argue they they were nine and four last year. They could be better and be eight and four or seven and five potentially if if the ball bounces the wrong way. Um, but eight, I think you have you, you got to feel good about. It. And then anything over that, and it's doable. I mean, I'm not saying hey. You can't set the expectation. If someone wanted to say nine, I wouldn't fight them that hard on it. But I think um, to to come out at eight, you're like, okay, the program's in solid footing. This is another nice season. It would give you a chance to go win a ninth game in a bowl game somewhere. And um, you know, there haven't been three nine win seasons in a row in a while. So uh, um, I mean, full seasons. I guess we're currently on a streak. I guess if you look at it, eleven nine and nine. If you kick that out, but anyway. Um, <laughs> It, it's uh, what baseball stadium. What baseball stadium do you think they can play? In yeah. What, what other uh, what other baseball uh, stadiums hosting a bowl game? My goodness. Hopefully they wear their baseball cleats so they don't fall all over the place. All right, guys. Greeter's got to go cover soccer. So that'll do it. Uh, as always, a fun show. We could talk about so much more, but uh, we'll have you guys back on again as the season goes on. But uh, appreciate you guys joining us on the reporters roundtable. Uh, let's quickly. Uh, Randy, how can people get uh, and read your stuff? Uh, StarTribune.com slash Gophers. All right. And your Twitter handle? At RJ Strib. All right. Greeter? Uh, At Andy Greeter and TwinCities.com. All right. Very good. Thank you. Off to soccer he goes. Ryan Burns? On the Twitter machine at RyanBurnsMN or at GopherIllustrated.com. And you've got the Spare and a Pairs podcast we should probably plug to or Gargi's going to get mad at me. Yeah, it's Chip Scoggins of the Star Tribune. Justin Gard and everybody's favorite sideline reporter and myself getting into some tomfoolery in college football every week. <laughs> and Daniel House. Uh, Gophersguru.com. Find me on Twitter at Daniel House MN. All right, gentlemen, we'll see you Thursday, August 31st, Minnesota and Nebraska. This has been episode 84. I hope you enjoyed listening to our Reporters Roundtable as much as I enjoyed moderating it. A lot of great insight as we get closer and closer to opening night at the stadium. Episode number 84 is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.com org slash go gophers affinity plus.org slash go gophers cub has joined us as one of our primary sponsors on the go gopher podcast cub is the official grocer of the golden gophers we're thrilled to have them on board a great company with great people and of course great stores all over the state go to cub.com to find out all of this week's specials at cub also welcome aboard to new sponsors head flyer brewing in northeast minneapolis just a mile and a half from the stadium stop in for great tasting craft beer tonight and don't forget head flyer brewing is a pre-game and post-game go for football option for home games and also don't forget to use the code word gold g-o-l-d when you join me in ordering great men's skincare products at calderalab.com proud to have them with us on the go go for podcast calderalab.com code word gold g-o-l-d we're also sponsored by state farm agent tony hoagland again i'd invite you to listen to past podcast and right now click that subscribe button to the go go for podcast it's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. And please share the link to the podcast on your social media channels so others can listen and subscribe as well. We'll talk again next week.